I don't know what he did, but 
But, uh, yeah, now it is loud. <laughs> but uh, if, uh, if, you know, if all your fault is greater than his, then you need to get that fault straightened out, you know, before you, uh, you know, try to straighten out somebody else's fault. And it, like I said, this is based on judging, and basically you trying to judge someone else. You know, we judge, but we judge according to the scriptures, not according to our own, you know, our own worth. Uh, <clears throat> one don't have to be perfect. You know, we don't have to be perfect to be, uh, to, uh, you know, to correct someone else. Because we're going we're gonna to sin. You know, whether we sin uh, knowingly or whether we sin not knowingly, you know, we're going to sin. You know, the Bible says, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, so that tells us that we all have sinned. So, you know, when we go to someone else, we have to realize that fact that we've sinned before. And when these people sin, then we have to be gentle with them. We can't just go to them and, and start uh, going down their throat, you know, because of the sin that they've done. You know, we have to go to them gently, talk to them about thinking about how we want somebody to come to us, you know, if, we ha if we've sinned and need to be talked to. You know, if so, you know, uh, if so, correction could never be made. In other words, if we was have to be perfect before we go to somebody else, then we'll never be able to correct anybody else. We'll never be able to go to anybody else and tell them about the sin that they're done. You know, I've done it before. When I was in Arkansas, we had a brother. I was in a store, and I saw him buying lottery ticket. So I'm um, thinking, well, you know, I'd go to him and, you know, mention that, I mentioned it. You know, and I went down to him, you know, I said, you know, I was in the store today and I saw you never buy a lottery ticket. You know, that's, you know, that, you know, that's kind of like gambling, you know, that may not be, you know, a good thing to do. He, and he admitted to me, he said, yeah, you're right. He said, you know, but his wife wasn't a Christian. He said, and I'm buying these for my wife. She wanted me to buy them, so I went and bought them for her. And he said, but I won't do it again. But, you know, but if I had went to him jumping down his throat, it may, he may, you know, he may not listen. You know, but I think, you know, he realized that somebody, somebody could be watching, even though he may have been doing it for somebody else. Still, you know, he's helping somebody else to sin by buying the lottery tickets for them. You know, even though she wasn't a Christian and, you know, he wanted, she wanted, of course, he may have been buying them for himself. He may have just told me that he was buying them for his wife. But uh, here and there, you know, the way I went to him, you know, it made, let him realize that, you know, somebody could be watching him when he's doing things like that. You know, it's not like you see a brother going to a liquor store. You know, you can't just go jump down his throat because you're seeing him going in a liquor store. He may be going in there to get change. Or oh, they sell potato chips in the liquor store. They may have been the only place he could find to buy him a bag of potato chips, you know. So you can't just go in and, you know, and accuse them of going in and buying alcohol because you saw him in a liquor store. You know, our minister in Arkansas, he said he went to a... Uh, I don't know what you call them. I did not a cafe. I guess one of these places where they drink and all. But he said, you know, he was hungry and that was the only place to eat. So he went in and bought him some food. You know, so you can't, you know, you know, sometimes we have to go places we may not want to go, but sometimes it may be the only place that we can get something that we need. You know, he said he had to, he had to eat. That was the only place there to eat. And they sold food. So he went in and bought him some food. So, but if somebody has saw him going in there, they may have thought, well, you know, why is he in this place, you know? And sometimes you just have to go act. You know, I saw you going in this place, you know, 
you know, uh, we just want to check to make sure everything's okay. You know, uh, and then I go into him and say, well, you know, if I walk up to him and say, I saw you going to this club the other night, what are you doing in there? You know, but, you know, you know, I saw you going in there, you know, I just want to make sure everything was okay. And then they will explain to you, well, I was in here because of this reason. You know, so we have to make sure that when we go to people that we go to them the right way. And, you, you know, you go to them the right way, you're going to also always get the better answer. And they may also tell you the truth then. You know, if you go to them the wrong way, they may not even tell you anything. They may not even talk to you. So we have to make sure that we go to them the right way. Neither is the uh, forbidden, you know, Jesus is not forbidding us to decide as to the personal merit of those we help. You know, uh, so, you know, you know, and we know some people that we, if we go to somebody, we know their personal, sometimes their personal history. You know, and, uh, but, you know, and sometimes we know that they may not be a Christian. Sometimes we may know that they may have problems. But, you know, we, you know, we're not to decide, you know, forbidding us to decide as to the personal merit of those we help. You know, so we don't, you know, we don't decide, you know, you know, we want to help this person, we want to help that person. This person ain't worth helping. You know, you know, this person, you know, we've gone to this person several times and they hadn't changed. And, you know, but we can't, you know, we can't decide that, you know, we have to go, you know, what did the Bible say, you know, if your brother sinned against you, you know, seven times, you know, let him sin against you seven times seven. You know, so that means that I know how many times he's sinned, we have to go back to him and try to straighten that brother out. And, and when you're talking about, uh, you know, when Jesus said that seven times, you know, when you go back to that seven number, you know, you go back to Revelations, you know, that seven number is a perfect number. And then when he says seven times, uh, it means it, it, don't, it continues on. You know, it's a perfection. You know, you can continue to try to perfect it because, you know, you know six is that incomplete number. You know, when, it's, when six falls short, but seven is that complete number. So that means when he says seven times seven, he's saying that there's no number that you can continue to go back to that brother and ask for forgiveness. You know, it said Matthew 7, 6 said, Give not that which is holy to dogs, uh, cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample on the foot. In other words, sometimes you got to know, you know, where you're taking it to. That's it's not going to help. Sometimes, you, sometimes we know that it's not going to help. You know, do that stop us from going to them? No, but sometimes it may be the time that you may have to go to somebody else. You may have to go to somebody else that you can help. Because you got somebody that you know you can't help. So if you go to somebody and you're trying to help them and you know they're not going to change, you know, it's because you've, you know, you've, you know, that don't mean you don't stop thinking about them or you don't go back to them later on. You may just have to leave them alone for that moment. You know, uh, we don't forget about them totally. You know, we may have to leave them alone for that moment of time, give them a chance to think about it, give yourself a chance to come up with a uh, better way to go to them, maybe, or something like that. Or maybe wait for something to change in their life. Sometimes things change in people's lives that make them want to uh, go uh, obey the gospel or come back to the gospel. You know, there have been people that have fallen away from the church, something happened in their lives that makes them come back. Or something happened in their lives that make you can go back and talk to them again you know, about the problem that they may be having, and then, you know, they, we may talk to them into coming back at that point. <clears throat> uh, 
I can't read that top one. I don't know what it says. <laughs> but he used, uh, he used satire by using the figure of a man with a log in his eye, attempting to extract the speck from his navel's eye. In other words, that, that uh, picture on the, that we had up here before, now this, this is a guy that's trying to help somebody else and look at how he got the log sticking out of his eye and I look at the eye of the person he's trying to help. Have, uh, have you ever had a small piece of amber or something in your eye? Uh, it feels like that. You know, I went to a fire one night when I, uh, on duty because we had a fire and sometimes we had to go to fire calls. I went to the fire one night. I guess the stuff from the fire floating around in the air got in my eye and I thought somebody had stuck a stick in my eye. You know, I couldn't see somebody, one of the guys, the other guy had to drive me to the hospital and the doctor, he looked in there, he couldn't find anything and he turned my eye inside out. Then he finally found this little bit of speck and he took it out and he said, it felt like a log, didn't it? I said, sure did. I mean, it just felt like, I felt like I had a whole stick in my eye and, and you barely could see that little speck once he took it out. You know, but, you know, you see this guy, he got this log in his eye, he can't even feel it. You know, so he got a sin greater than the guy he's trying to help. But yet, he's trying to help a person that's got a smaller sin, and then he's not realizing the sin that he has on his own. <clears throat> so the uh, Pharisee in Luke 18 said, Thank thee that I'm not like other men. You know, in other words, he's praising himself, you know. You know, thank thee that I'm not like other men. He said, I'm not a extortioner. I'm not unjust. You know, I'm not an adulterer or even as this publican. Now he comparing himself, you know, to somebody who he think would have more sin than him. Or he trying to say he don't have any sin. You know, he, he comparing himself to other people. And that's what we should do. We shouldn't compare ourselves to other people. Because we can't compare ourselves to other people because, you know, even though uh, that person may have sinned, have I ever sinned? You know, and that's where we have to look at it. Have I ever sinned? Have I, was I in the same position as that person at one time? Was, you know, in, even before I was a Christian, what kind of person was I? Before that person was a Christian, what kind of person was I? What kind of person is that person after he became a Christian? What kind of person am I at? after I became a Christian. So we have to look at all of those things. You know, I have sins just like he has sins. Well, this uh, Pharisee, you know, the way he's talking is like, you know, he don't have any sin because he's comparing himself to other people. You know, you know, we have to compare ourselves to ourselves. You know, we can't compare ourselves to everybody else. If we compare ourselves to everybody else, we're going to look at what other people are doing that's worse than what we're doing. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what these people do, find somebody, yeah. They can always find somebody they can compare themselves that's worse than them, you know, and that's what this Pharisee is doing. He finds all the people, you know, people that's extortioners and unjust, adulterers, and even as this publican, you know, did he know that publican? You know, uh, <clears throat> because, you know, he may have known the reputation of the publicans, but did he know this particular publican? 
So that's the thing when he said this publican, so he, he pertained to one particular person. You know, uh, so did he know, how did he know that publican hadn't obeyed, you know, hadn't became a, a Christian or hadn't uh, started following, you know, God? But, you know, he said, as this publican is. But, you know, base, you can't base things on people's reputation or what we think people are. You know, we have to base things on what actually, like, like uh, Matthew seven twenty four said, judge righteous judgment. You know, don't base it on uh, what you see, because what you see may not be, you know, what, you, what I was talking about, the person going to the liquor store. What you see may not be what you think it is. That's why you have to go to that person and find out what's going on first. And then you don't chastise him for it. You just kind of point him towards scriptures to let him see that what he's doing may not be right. You know, because we can't base it on, you know, on our own judgment. We have to base it on judgment of God, judgment of scripture. You know, scriptures teach us how to uh, talk to people and teach us how to judge people. And we don't judge people by ourselves. We judge people by the scripture. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and we have to be based. We have everything we do has to be based on on scripture, not based on what we think people ought to be. You know, sometimes we look at how we think people ought to be, how we think people ought to act. Uh, you know, it should be based on scripture. Sometimes people do things that we may not approve of, that may not be against scripture. You know, it may be perfectly fine for them to do what they're doing, but it may be something that you don't, you know, think is, is right. You know, I've had several uh, Christians who looked at things that other people were doing and then think, you know, we had one uh, member of the church who was in Arkansas. He thought it was a sin for us to buy a computer for the church. You know, we was talking about buying a computer because we were doing everything by hand on paper. So we decided, you know, uh, you know, we, uh, we talked about buying a computer. And he said, you know, we're going to send ourselves to hell because we want to put electronic stuff in the, you know, you know, we had a telephone. And if that's the case, we shouldn't have a telephone or anything like that. So, but, you know, that's how some people think. Uh, just, uh. It, like some churches believe that you can't eat in a building. You know, is it a sin to eat in a building? No, is it a sin not to eat in the building? It's not, it's not mean that they're wrong for not eating in the building. It don't mean that we're wrong for eating in the building. Uh, but it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, we had the congregation in Arkansas, they come to uh, our, min our minister passed away. <clears throat> and so other ministers was coming in doing uh, the lessons on Sunday and this one minister from that congregation came in that they didn't believe in eating in the building because of uh, 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, and uh, so after he got done with his uh, lesson, we had a meal planned for after service that day. And after less, you know, after this, uh, the, uh, everything was over with, we all went back to the fellowship hall and we had a meal. We offered him to come eat. You know, he's now, you know, you know, he going. So he came back that evening to uh, 
preach. And that's when he brought up in the pulpit about, you know, trying to show us in, in Scripture that we should be eating the building. You know, and then we also try to show him that that wasn't that, what that Scripture was talking about when it said, you know, you, you know, uh, pe- people bring, you know, you shouldn't, you know, people should eat at home. You know, and, and that Scripture was meaning that people would bring in things to eat for the communion during that time. But, you know, they was trying to say that you don't bring food in the building and you don't eat in the building. You know, because this is what? Just the building. You know, once we get done out of here, you know, we can go to my house and have a worship service. You know, so this is just the building. You know, it don't mean anything. Once we get out of here on done with our worship, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with uh, anything else we do here as long as it's not violating anything in Scripture. So Jesus called a fault finder a hypocrite. You know, in other words, you finding fault in people, you know, especially when you're not, you know, when you got your own fault and you're not looking at those. It said first you have to cast the beam out of your own eye. In other words, look at yourself first. You know, before I can go to somebody else and tell, talk to them about a sin that I think they may be doing, then I got to look at the, me, myself to make sure I'm not in that category. And then if I'm in that category, then I have to straighten that out first and then I can go to that person. Uh, and, if I, and if I think it's something that uh, would make that person I want to listen to me, I may want to go talk to somebody else and have somebody else to go talk to that person. You know, sometimes you have to think about, things, you know, will that person, you know, if that person know about a sin that I've got, will that person listen to me? You know, it may be something that I may have already repented of, but that person may know about it, and he may still be holding that sin against me. So I may have to get somebody else to go talk to that person, even though I may be to straighten that sin out. You know, and then I have to go to talk to that person on the level to try to make sure that person know that I've straightened myself out. You know, so I may not be able to talk to that person about his sin, but I might be able to talk to that person about the sin that I've done that I've straightened out, so he'll know that you know I'm not in and fault, you know, trying to straighten him out. So sometimes you have to, you know, you have to, you have always have to look at yourself. You know, that's the first thing we have to do before we can do anything. We have to look at ourselves. Even when we go talking to people that's not a member of the church, we have to look at ourselves first because if they know things about us that's out in the world and we go try to talk to them, believe me, they're going to bring it up. You know, they're always trying to find you know, I find all the time people are trying to find things on me that I've done to say, uh-huh, you know. You know, I think I was saying something one time. Well, I was talking to one of the guys at work one time because, you know, because I'm always reading scriptures to them and quoting scriptures to them and things like that. And when I was a training officer, when I was training officers, I always, you know, somehow I always, the Bible always came up. So I ended up doing a lesson while I was training them how to be a police officer. I was also trained them how to be a Christian all at the same time. <clears throat> so, but, but you have to, you know, you have to uh, make sure that you're straight. And then I had one guy, you know, I think uh, we was talking about something, and I think I said, shoot. And he said, uh-huh, I heard that. You know, he was thinking, trying to say that I said the other word. But they always listen to make sure you say or do something to try to contrary you that, you know, you're supposed to be a Christian, you're not supposed to be doing it. You know, so... Uh, you know, he's never as good as he think he is. You know, that person who's uh, got that boat in his eye or got that beam in his eye, 
you know, we're never good as we think we are. You know, so we, you know, we'll never try to make ourselves better than that person that we're talking to. You know, that's not mean we're better than them. It just means they made the mistake that we probably made in the past or may make in the future. You know, so we have to, when we go to them, we have to make sure that we realize that we are not as good as we may think we are. You know, we all, you know, we, you know, we try to make ourselves, you know, we try to be as good a person as we can be. You know, you know, the Bible tells us to be perfect. We know we'll never be perfect. Our job is to try to continue to make ourselves perfect, you know, as long as we're on this earth. Uh, anybody else got any questions or comments before I go any further? I don't want to uh, let him, I want to make sure everybody get a chance to uh, uh, say something if they got something to say, you know. Uh, his self-righteousness has uh, blinded him to his own faults. In other words, you know, the Pharisee, you know, he was self-righteous. You know, I'm not like other men. You know, you know I'm not like adulterers. I'm not a murderer. I'm not this. You know, uh, and then he said, but can't see his own uh, self at close range. You know, like the Pharisee in Luke <clears throat> Uh, Jesus called the fault finder a, a, a hypocrite by the fault finder's action is motivated by the desire to build himself up by tearing other people down. In other words, you know, if I make everybody look worse than me, then I'm going to look good. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've seen people like that. You know, uh, again, when we was in Arkansas, there was a brother, you know, uh, bless his soul, he's passed away now. Somebody make a confession more than one time. Sometimes he'd come to me and say, well, he just made a confession. Uh, he must have really been competing in the first place. I said, well, it may not be the same thing he asked forgiveness for. You know, I said, and then again, he may be struggling with that sin. You know, we can't, uh, we can't uh, chastise a person because he makes a confession more than once. You know, a person makes a confession today, he may come back next week and make a com- another one. It may be, he may be struggling with that sin. Or he may make a different sin, or he may need teaching. Sometimes people can make a confession for sin that uh, is not required to make a confession for. You know, when we can make a confession, it's supposed to be for sins that put the church to shame. You know, when you do something out in the open where other people can see it and bring it down on the church, when we do something who nobody see but us, then we can go to God, you know, with that prayer. If, if, if nobody see it but me and God, then I can go to God with that. Now, if I continue to do that sin over and over and over, I may want to come to the church and have the church to help to pray for me that I may, you know, do better in getting that sin straightened out. But we don't have to go to the church when we commit personal sin, you know, because the only one to know about that sin is me and God. But then when we do sin that, uh, that uh, and some people may not know that. And I have talked to people about that. They come, you know, over and over every Lord's Day or every Wednesday, you know, and then you, you know, then you talk to them about it. You find out that, you know, they just may have done something or thought something or said something and nobody else was around. And then you let them know that, you know, these are kind of saying that Jesus, you know, blood continue to cleanse us up. You know, it, you know, it continued to cleanse us without us having to go to the church. We have to go to the church when we, when we put the church to a shame. And that's when we have to go ask the church for forgiveness. You know, uh, <clears throat> A way of adding his uh, own merit. You know, it said the Pharisee, by condemning himself to the publican, thought it would make his own light bright shine, shine brighter. 
You know, in other words, you know, I'm, and, and then it probably was other people around. And you remember, you know, Jesus said, you know, these Pharisees, you know, they go uh, doing things in the public, you know, uh, throwing ashes on themselves, making themselves sad face and stuff in the public, you know, so they can, so people can see that they are, you know, these things, you know. And he said, you know, go into your closet, you know, and pray. You know, they was going out praying in public so people can see it, you know. They, in, in other words, they want to be seen a man, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, you've had your reward. If you do these things out in the public, you know, where people could see it, you know, you've had your reward. You know, you got your reward here on earth because you got it before men. You know, uh, uh, no one can trim the uh, wick nor shine the globe with anybody else. You know, Jesus called a fault finder a hypocrite by Another motive of the fault finder is to console the biting conscience. In other words, something is bothering him, and he want to do something to change that, to make that better. You know, uh, often seek comfort by saying, we are grieved by what others are doing. You know, we are grieved by what others are doing. What about what I'm, what I'm doing? You know, I'm just as worse as some, that person by my actions of how I treat that person. You know, by saying that person is, you know, I'm grieved by what this person is doing. I might not even know what this person is doing. I might have been heard something. When we heard things about people, we can't take that for granted. We have to go to that person and talk to them about it. You know, go to the, what they say, the horse's mouth. You know, you know, can't go by what other people say. You know, you go to that person and say, well, I heard this. You know, I just want to make sure, you know, if it was true, you know, what can I do to help with it? You know, every time you go to people, you go to it with the sense that I heard this or I saw this, how can I help? You know, not go to them, I heard this, I saw this, you know better. You know, that's where that person going to turn around and walk away, you know, because he don't want to hear it, you know. In other words, I'm not as bad as he is, you know. I'm, you know, I might be bad, but I'm not bad as this person, you know, I'm not bad as, uh, uh, Terry, you know, I'm a little bit better than Terry, you know. So, you know, I have, I'm comparing myself to Terry. You know, I got to compare myself to Jesus. You know, if I'm comparing myself to Jesus, I never win. But I feel like I can win if I compare myself to Terry because I can find some fault somewhere in him. You know, his hair is parted the wrong way. You know, <coughs> you know. so uh, <clears throat> let's move a little bit faster because I think I'm running out of time. Jesus called the fault found a hypocrite by... <clears throat> All of sin, there's none meaner and more malicious than envy. You know, in, in other words, that person is envious. That, uh, uh, <clears throat> that person is envious of, what that other, uh, of whatever that other person is doing or whatever that other person has got. So envy is defined as discontent, as the ex- excellence or good fortune of another. In other words, somebody does have good fortune in anything, you know, in other words, I want what the Joneses got. You know, if the Joneses is doing good, I'm jealous of the Joneses. You know, uh, see, I think I, I think I got it on my phone. Let me see if I can pull it out right quick. There's a song out back in the 70s called Don't Let the Joneses Get You Down. And I, I had the lyrics to that song. It says, worrying about your neighbor and the fanciest things they got. Because if you do, you'll find it true 
you're going to wind up in a spot. So you may not believe it, but nine times out of ten, it's true. The people you're trying to keep up with are trying to keep up with you. So uh, <clears throat> that's probably true. You know, there's people always trying to keep up with what their neighbors got or what uh, other people got. Uh, you know, it is a work of the flesh. You know, Paul named 17 different sins in that, in that, in that particular scripture. And then he went on to say, and such like. So that means those 17 sins was the only one that he was talking about. He just named those 17. But then he said, and search like. In other words, anything falling to some category of sin is counted in that scripture. You know, he only, you know, he went to name those 17, but then he said, and the rest of them also count. You know, he didn't want people to think that these 17 sins are the only one we got to worry about. You know, because there's, you know, there's other sins that we have to worry about other than those 17. You know, those just kind of generalized. But, you know, there's other things. You know, in our life, you know, they're saying that we could have that they wasn't worried about back then because they didn't have it. You know, we got things today that we have to worry about, like social media and things like that. You know, they couldn't commit sins of social media back then because they didn't have social media. You know, they had to send the word of mouth, you know. You know, just like back when we was growing up, if we want to uh, send a text message, we had to write a letter, put a stamp on it, and put it in the mailbox. Yeah. <coughs> Uh, so, but the fault finder destroys another's reputation, you know, you know, with envy. You know, he, uh, you know, he's wrong. Uh, more than anyone else, the fault finder hurt himself more. You know, you hurt yourself more than you hurt anybody else. Because when you start making fault to other people and it gets to, out to other people, then a lot of other people gonna to want to stay away from around you. You know they don't want, you know they won't be around you because they know what kind of person you are. You know so now you've made yourself from becoming a person that could help other people to a person that nobody want to be around because they figure that they gonna be around you. You're gonna find some kind of fault in them. You know or you're gonna find some kind of fault in somebody else. You know some people don't want to be around, but every time they're around you, you're trying to talk about how bad somebody else is. So you have to, we know, we have to look at that. So uh, he, uh, he blinds himself to his own faults and, ch change, and uh, changes of, chances of improving is slim. In other words, his chances of being a better person is slim because of the kind of person he is. You know, he always finds a fault in somebody else. He don't see his own fault. And he talks to other people about other people's fault or talking to that person about their own fault and never, you know, thinking about the fault of himself. You know, and uh, it said in Matthew 9, 11, it said the Pharisees found fault in Jesus not because the sin existed, but because they was looking for it. You know, and that's the fault finder. He's looking for sin in other people. In another way, back in some of the other slides, why is he looking for sin in other people? You know, to make himself look good. You know, sometimes he's trying to make himself feel better by looking at people that's worse than he is. And uh, a fault finder is never uh, a fact finder. You know, he's never a fact finder. He's finding fault, but he never try to find the facts. That's why I say you always go to that person and find out what the facts is before you 
And you shouldn't even go tell other people about something. If you see a brother doing something and you think he needs to be corrected, you don't need to go tell everybody in the congregation what he did. Go to him, and if he listened to you, you know, it's solved. You know, what the scripture said, go to your brother, and if he listened to you, you know, forgive him. If he don't, go to the uh, elders. And if he don't listen to them, then go to, you know, take it for the church. You know, that's how you have to do it. Not, you know, you don't take it for the church before you take it to him. You know, he didn't heard about it from the church before you come to talk to him. Now he don't want to talk to you. You know, because you've already tainted whatever it is you was going to talk to him about by telling everybody else. You know, you go tell everybody else, then he'd be the last one to know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the fault finder, you know, he, he's not a fact finder. Everything is in the life Another is apt to be evil. You know, everything everybody else do is apt to be evil. You know, more than uh, anyone else, the fault finder himself, the fault finder have very few friends, you know, because nobody want to be around him. You know, and we've had, like I said, congregation we was in, we had a couple like that, people didn't want to be around because they were always trying to find fault in somebody else, you know. You know, I had some I, I really didn't like to talk to because every time they talked to me, they were telling me about what somebody else was doing, you know, what other Christians were doing. And I said, well, go talk to that person, you know. Uh, uh, he gradually picks his friend to pieces. You know, he, uh, uh, when these friends see through the fault finding, they are glad to get, be, they get, they're glad to get off his list. In other words, you know, you know I don't want to be around him, you know, because every time I come to him, he either finds some fault in me or he finds fault in someone else. Uh, make no friends with an angry man and with a furious man, thou shalt not go. At least you learn his ways and get a snare to the soul, says Proverbs 22, 24 to 25. So it said, most finding makes uh, repentance difficult. In other words, you don't repent because you see the faults of everybody else and don't see that you need to repent. In other words, fault finding uh, make it difficult to repent. Seeing fault in others make it hard to humble yourself to repent of your own sin. In other words, you're too busy uh, bothering with everybody else's sin that you're forgetting about your own. You're forgetting about that you have sin. You're forgetting about you know, what uh, Paul said you know, that, you know, everyone, you know, we all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. You know, uh, some rules. Fault finding requires nothing great, physical or mentally. Become conscious of the sin of it. Say, so look for good instead of evil. In other words, we got to look for good in people. We got to look, you know, yeah, I've seen this person sin, but I think, you know, that person is a good person. Let me go talk to him about that, and I'm sure if I talk to him about it, he'll straighten it out. Yeah, uh, fault finders are not looking at that. You know, they think that person is a bad person. He ain't, may not even be worth talking to. And then if you do go talk to him, you know, he's not going to go to him the right way. Uh, on a uh, piece of paper, if you see a, you know, you got a one big piece of paper with a black dot in the fence symbol, you show it to most people, they're going to see the black dot. They're not going to see all the whiteness in that paper. First thing they're going to see is that black dot. So they're going to always see the black spot in a person before they see all the goodness that's around that person. Okay. Uh, say, uh, help for those who are targets. Let me go through this real quick. Say, take comfort that even 
the sinless Christ could not escape the fault finders. Uh, profit from the criticism, even though it was intended to hurt rather than help. Uh, be sure you are right and go ahead because it is better to suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. All right? So uh, thank you for your undivided attention and also for your comments. And uh, uh, Jerry, you got the next?